This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Peggy Sanborn. Peggy is Senior Vice President at Common Spirit Health. She works on strategy, strategic growth, partnerships, M&A, and a lot more. She's been with Common Spirit since the merger, but was also with one of the predecessor organizations for at least a decade or nearly a decade. Thrilled today to get to visit with Peggy. Peggy, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Then we'll talk about how strategies evolve and how you think about competitors and a little bit more. Great. Thanks. And thanks for the time this morning. I'm Peggy Sanborn. And as was noted, I work for Common Spirit Health, leading our joint ventures, partnerships, and M&A work for the system and work primarily on things that are transforming our health system for the future. In ES- you look at transformation, the disruptive period we've had the last 16 to 18 months and more. How are your thoughts on strategy evolving and how you look at things? Well, I think that the last 18 months, more or less 18 months, has really revealed, I think, for health systems in general, certainly for Common Spirit specifically, some of the areas that we can really work to transform the way healthcare services are delivered. It's reprioritized and sharpened our focus on our areas for strategic innovation and growth. It's helped us to realize there are lots of ways we can meet our community where they are to deliver care, and we've really been able to accelerate that focus. But most importantly, it's brought to the forefront how critically important our people are, our nurses and caregivers, our physicians, our support staff. Because of the taxing effort that has gone into caring for patients through the pandemic, the constant shift in care protocols and recommendations, the lack of resources at times where we thought we were well equipped to deal with most anything, it has really allowed us to focus on, I don't want to call them weak links, but areas within the care delivery system that were barriers and to begin to focus on knocking those barriers down in a way that helps support our people. As you might be aware, Scott, recruitment and retention is an increasing challenge in healthcare. It's um, been a tough year and a half for caregivers and for the systems in general. And that's clearly an area of high priority for us. And and, and talk about that for a moment, because I hear from almost every single system that if you talk about all the priority, probably the single biggest priority this year and probably the next coming years is gonna be retention and and hiring and recruiting. Is that the top priority? I mean, I know there's so many, but but how do you sort of focus on that? What can you do to improve retention and recruiting, or do we just need to mint more healthcare providers? How do you address this issue? I think we have to listen. We've been listening for a while about how challenging a job can be and the barriers that exist in our health system, whether they're bureaucratic or work process or the sheer magnitude of education and training that is constantly going on to keep up with the pace of innovation and change in healthcare. It's been hard already, and then you bring on the level of care requirements that came with the pandemic, 
and it it just really exacerbated it more or less in terms of really understanding that we need to be more agile, more efficient, less burdensome on the caregiver. We have to listen and change the way we design work, change the way we recruit and train the workforce, offer opportunities for growth and migration and flexibility around the workforce. There's many things that are underway to really rethink the job, education, training, collaboration. And as we see a lot of lower acuity services pivot to a lower acuity environment, which we support fully from a value-based care and patient experience perspective, it's also changing the way we have to work inside of the acute environment, as well as being able to transition seamlessly from one level of care to another. Thank you. And, and when you look at competition today, do you think of competition as much as for talent as it is for patients? And do you think of competition as other health systems? Or do you think of it as the CVSs of the world, the Uniteds of the world? How do you sort of look at competition? And, and, and where's the competition most acute? Well, there is competition at every single level. There's clearly competition for qualified, well-trained staff. There's endless competition for providers as more and more of them become employed either by the optums of the world or the CVSs or, uh, you know, you name it, Amazon. I don't know. They're all looking to pivot into healthcare. And then you have your standard health system competition that is always present. I think we try to look at how we can differentiate the way we change healthcare in America and focus on how we can create better access to care, uh, better resources for those that are disadvantaged in their ability to access care, get culturally aligned healthcare services in place, focus on what we can do to be better and different, to attract talent, to attract like-minded individuals, and to really appeal to patients and providers as a system they want to be part of. And, and, and Peggy, when you look at this year, I mean, so many challenges, but, but also so much positive recovery from the pandemic or moving in that direction. What are you most excited about this year? Where do you get most excited? The recovery from the pandemic, common spirits, role in health equity. What, what uh, excites you the most? I like the direction we're heading. You know, we went through the integration, then we got the pandemic, and it feels like we're now getting our energy behind our transformative strategies. I'm really excited about that. Frankly, I'm excited to be able to meet people in person again and to travel to where they are and talk to them face-to-face. -face. As um, helpful as Zoom meetings and conference calls have been, nothing replaces the personal interaction and the personal relationship development that comes from being able to meet people face-to-face. -face. So I think there, there are a lot of things I'm excited about. Um, and the fact that we're able to march towards a recovery, reopening our country, allowing people to feel safe to be out and about again is a really good thing. And, and Peggy, following up on sort of staffing issues, competition issues, 
sort of the excitement of people being able to sort of, uh, you know, interact again with, with people again. Any other thoughts on biggest priorities this year or things that you're most focused on? Well, I think we have a lot of work ahead of us as we try to navigate what health care should look like in America. Uh, there's a lot of policy going on. There's a lot of regulatory changes being considered. There's a lot of transformation, if you will, into a lot of private equity-backed niche services or uh, carve-outs, if you will, from a system of care. We have to figure out how to work collaboratively to build something that's actually better, stronger, more patient-friendly, more provider-friendly. So I think collaborating around that and having a voice in that is very important in terms of defining how we're going to do business going forward, how we're going to be able to care for our patients and our communities in a more effective way. In some ways, it's a pivot back to the basics as well, Scott. I think, you know, we all have to recognize health systems in general found their weak spots throughout the pandemic. And the basics matter. Being able to answer a phone, schedule an appointment, make a patient feel safe, those are all things that are critical, and they all feed in to the end result we're looking for. Peggy, I'm going to bother you with one more question, and I'm so sorry about this. Healthcare okay. still, you, you said that, that moving back to the basics, and in some ways couldn't agree more. There's this great mix, mix of technology, but it's still a people business. You know, I, I had the, um, you know, I had a, some kind of procedure this morning, a small procedure, and so it's so fascinating to me how people intensive it still is and how as patients, we still very much want those people because without those people around, we feel very uncomfortable and very scared. And, right. and how do you sort of mix this, this balance of it really still being a very labor intensive people business with technology improvements, with trying to treat 330 million people in our country. How do you balance some of these things? What do you, what do you think about some of those, those balances? You know, it's, it's interesting back when, um, <laughs> date myself as to how old I am, but when we started to adopt computers as a, as a tool to make us more efficient, first thing we found out about them was they were a tool that allowed us to use an electronic filing cabinet, and then we started to be able to communicate, and then we overloaded ourselves with email communication, and, you know, tools are great if they're used to enable a better work environment so that caregivers can focus on that face-to-face because -face. it is if you are the patient or you're the patient's family you feel so vulnerable because you don't know what's happening next you don't know what's going to happen to you people aren't talking to you enough you don't understand how this is going to turn out and all you want is information and you want it face-to-face -face. you want to look that person in the eye and build a trust with them so i think whatever we do in the technology space should be to relieve what I would call administrative burdens from our care teams so they have more time to spend with patients and their families. And we should be able to not just add technology for technology's sake, but be able to demonstrate that it's really going to change the course of care and enable better outcomes for our patients and a better working environment for our caregivers. Peggy, I couldn't agree with you more. I want to thank you again for joining us today. I mean, the, the, certainly this core goal of how do we remove administrative burdens so caregivers can do more of what they're so great at 
and not be stuck in administrative trivia and stuff like that and really focused on the patient and what they do great. I couldn't agree with you more on so many of your sentiments. Peggy Sanborn, it's such a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you again for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Scott. Great to talk to you.